uh, to be closer to the office. I used to be on 42nd and 11th. Um, and our office is located in the financial district, so it takes about 45 minutes uh, a day, or used to, uh, to get to the office, and that was just way too far. So I ended up moving down to financial district to be a five-minute walk from uh, from the office, just so I could optimize my time. It happens that there's also a coffee shop and restaurant, so then I can also have all my meetings there. Today I uh, I had my Bi-monthly breakfast with Lauren. So every every other week I have a breakfast with uh, the people that directly report to me, Lauren being one of them. So after that, uh, walked back upstairs and actually started recording this podcast. Then after that, I went and uh, visited my friend Keenan and he just had a kid. So I was going to see him and drop off drop off a little little present for him. Right, yeah. So he, he quit his, his corporate job probably three, four years ago. And that's when I, I first met him and uh, for months he was just couch surfing including on mine uh, he slept on my couch at times he was he was essentially homeless uh, while he was trying to build build his company we spent a ton of nights together uh, you know he would come over at 10 p.m and we would work you know till 1 a.m 2 a.m just grinding things out anyways really good friend of mine uh, he was also the one who actually referred Neda and what I didn't even realize at the time was that actually Neda's husband works with Keenan's company Resi it's all connected um, that's what I love about all this. And so it actually gave me the time to actually just go hang out with him for an hour on a Friday, which just like is, is unheard of um, so far. So that was cool. So then uh, I came back down downtown to the apartment and got a piece of artwork delivered. I was, I was going through Instagram. It was maybe a week or two ago. And I don't know how I, I came across this artist. I saw some, some artwork that he had posted. I ended up just reaching out to him. I was like, "Hey, can I can I buy something?" The one I wanted was actually sold out, but he said he could he could just do a custom commission. This is the first time I've ever gotten anything custom commission. Um, well, actually, the second one one I have in progress. It's been in progress by a friend of mine that I went to school with. He's been working on it for three or four months now. But this is this is the first bigger purchase I'd say I've, I've done. The artwork also has a, a separate meaning for me, which is why I really wanted it. It's a painting that has a big skull on it. It's five foot by four foot. And I wanted it because it reminds me that we're all gonna die. So we have to make every moment count. I actually placed it in my bedroom and I see it before bed and when I wake up now as just a constant reminder. And that's why to me, $4,000 was worth it. It reminds me of that every single day and I get to have something beautiful in my apartment. So it's interesting though, if you, if. You know, if I was recording this podcast five, six years ago, I would have never even thought to do something like this. And also at the time when I was starting this five, six years ago, I only had $500 when I started the company. So I couldn't even come close to affording it. So anyways, that's artwork, something I've never done before. I actually spent money on art, kind of crazy to even share. It's this weird feeling of even telling someone about it because uh, um, it's partially still crazy to me that I would even spend that. But anyways, also later in the day, I had a, a call with a branding agency that was introduced by another friend of mine who runs a similar company to ours. We might do something together. There's a lot of collaboration, right? So there's, I met this branding agency through a friend of mine who runs another agency like mine, and we actually go in competing against deals together. We've literally been at the table uh, with multiple deals where we're actually competing, yet we still want to help each other. So it's this friendly competition, not, not a competition where it's like, let me tear you down. It's actually like, hey, how can I just keep helping you? And if you win, cool, good job, and like, I'm still gonna try and win the next time, but I'm not gonna hide things from you, I'm gonna actually try and still help you because the, the idea is a, a rising tide lifts all ships, so why not help each other? Plus, there's just enough 
money to go around and enough business to go around that I don't, I don't understand why you would why you would try and bring other people down and so I like to play play with those type of people and, and anyways uh, I was on a call with them moving on after that call later in the day I had a uh, said he, he's taking the lead on diagramming and detailing our sales process so it's teachable and repeatable as we scale uh, and so everyone on the team understands the process this will lead to alignment and speed unfortunately I didn't record some of the conversation but Greg and I uh, gave some good insight into sales with Taylor, uh, who does our, our content right now, who's standing actually right next to me recording all this, and I actually wrote this. He doesn't even know I wrote this right now. I'm gonna say this. I said, part of the benefit uh, to Taylor is that he gets to shadow, shadow me and the company and learn. And one thing we talked about um, at the meeting is how sales is so much about verbal and nonverbal communication, uh, language, body language, etc. Also, the ability to understand the sales cycle and move a prospect from one stage to another. Uh, the interesting part is a prospect, and this is something that we talked about, was that uh, they don't know what all the stages are, but the salesperson, we actually know, here's the stages that, that we're gonna guide, guide a prospect through. And so you have to guide them through. It doesn't just happen on its own. It's not like the, the, a prospect comes to you and is just gonna, gonna walk through your sales process, right? It's really the job of the salesperson to guide that, that process. Um, and it's really difficult to do. Um, and so we were just talking through that. We're outlining it a bit more. Greg, Greg and I are, um, understand the process really well, but we're, we're starting to actually um, crystallize it a bit so that we can actually teach it to more and more people because as we're growing, we're gonna need more salespeople. Um, so we're working on that. Um, and then we also talked about, I, I wrote a little note, a little cool sales trick that you guys might find helpful, maybe. Um, is that, uh, okay, yeah, so I said, so basically my sales approach oftentimes is just to ask a bunch of questions, right? I, I'm it's, uh, about information gathering. I like to ask a bunch um, and really dig into things. And then a, a cool little trick is like, if you're asking all these questions, but then you distill it into a summary um, and clarify either the problem that someone is trying to solve or, or the position that they're in in such a short, concise manner and you, you spit it back out to someone, all of a sudden an interesting thing happens, which is uh, there, there's a level of trust that all of a sudden just, just comes into play. Like, oh shit, he gets it. Um, and there's a, a noticeable little change in dynamic that happens. It's very subtle, but all of a sudden you go from, hey, you're just the sales guy asking a bunch of questions to hey, I'm the sales guy who asks a bunch of questions, can uh, distill everything down, summarize it, and spit it back to you better than you could actually do it yourself. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, okay, now I can, now I'm, uh, there's this element of trust and, and hey, I should listen to this person. And um, it's a cool, cool thing to watch um, when you're actually doing it. And the people who are really good on it, you can actually see it happening and it, it's really fun to watch. So uh, that's one thing we talked about. Um, and I mentioned here, it's something I've done for years, but I've never really thought to describe it. It's just, it's something I've just learned, like, hey, anytime I'm in a meeting with someone, let me just talk, 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 or not talk, sorry. Listen, 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 listen. Um, and then, then I talk, right? Uh, other salespeople, right, you'll just start talking, right? But uh, I just don't believe that's the, the best way. That doesn't really come from a place of service. So if you're, if you're listening, asking a bunch of questions, you get it all, and then you're able to spit it back to someone, um, in a way that uh, is better than they could they could do themselves. Um, 
it puts you in a really good position uh, moving forward. So, um, anyways, I also wrote uh, after that chat uh, with Greg. Um, a lot of small little chats and meetings as I always have throughout the day. People will stop me on the team or, or whatever it is, or people will call me. And uh, those I'm not gonna detail, there's so many of them during the day. Um, but one thing that I did do was I reviewed some quick uh, allocation and financial models that Nada is creating and uh, I gave a bit of input. It's nice not being um, the ones who have to, I don't have to create the models anymore, which is really nice. So um, I'm excited to have these built out and also having someone who's extremely capable of it. Um, and I wrote, wrote on here, this is so new to me, but so exciting with an exclamation point. So clearly I was excited back when I was uh, <laughs> detailing this. Um, also on Friday, I had uh, the team over um, to, uh, to the apartment. Uh, it's the first time that the entire team was over. I, I just moved in here a couple weeks ago and also four people joined in the last four days. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, one new person joined each day and we're here at Friday and uh, had everyone over. So um, it was really cool to get everyone uh, in the same room at the same time, at least anyone that was based in New York. Unfortunately, we didn't um, fly everyone in. You know, we have people in, in uh, Canada and Ohio and Arizona and, and Portugal and we just, we, uh, <laughs> we didn't fly everyone out. So it was, it was a New York kind of, kind of thing. Um, but it was really cool to see how everyone was actually um, gelling uh, at the apartment. Wasn't really sure, you know, every time there's like a, a, a team event, um, I always get a little like, a little, um, not nervous, but like, hey, I wonder if, what, <laughs> if everyone's gonna gel and like each other outside of the office. Um, and uh, I wrote a little note here um, saying that it was great. Everyone was really getting along, which makes me so happy. It really feels like the company I've wanted to build for years is actually coming to life. Five and a half years in the making and it's getting there. Inside, I feel great and truly believe we're building something special here. Um, so that's a little note I left. Um, and then let me share, that's kind of like the recap of the day, but then uh, as part of my, my recaps with, with uh, Elizabeth, my coach, I also give a bit deeper insight into some of my thoughts. So I'm just gonna read, um, read something that um, kind of was going through my mind um, there. And I said, yesterday when everyone was at my apartment uh, from the team, a lot of them commented how beautiful the place was. I actually felt bad and embarrassed when people said that, not happy. I'm still struggling internally with this. I feel bad that I have, have things. But at the same time, I'm completely discounting what it's taken me to get here. I started the business in 2012 with no money. I live month to month doing events to stay afloat and eat. I could have made good money in finance. Uh, I actually rejected 18 interviews that my mom set up. That's a story for another time. I built this from nothing, have been through some crazy shit. Two different partners, both of whom are no longer here. Lawsuits, depression and anxiety losing tens and even hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time, making barely any money the first couple years because I was reinvesting it all. I've been through things most people can imagine to be here today, I've persevered. And so why do I still feel guilty to have a nice apartment? I'm not sure, but I'm working on it. I believe I pay people very fairly on my team, so I don't think it's that. I mean, even just last year, I had a salary less than some of uh, employees were making. Yes, I have cash stored in the business uh, that it's made, but that's been made over the almost six years and I can't really touch it because the business needs it to run. So no, I don't think that's it. Maybe it's because it doesn't align with my overall larger mission in life to level the playing field. And even though I have worked so hard to be here, 
uh, I was still born a white male in California and had two parents growing up. Maybe it's that I feel guilty for that, but should I? That was luck. There's nothing I can do about that. What I can do uh, is uh, what I can do is do my part to level the playing field, which is what I'm building Jack for, and spend the next 30, 30 to 40 years of my life building a company that ultimately will be able to do it, uh, do its part in this, however small or big it may be. But there's just something sitting in me that still feels this element of guilt. I don't know why. It's something I've been working on and will continue to explore. So, uh, anyways, I'll end there. That was those were my raw thoughts. That I was just typing out to my coach. Um, but uh, I think that's a good place to end uh, the the Friday recap. It still records, right? Hopefully. If not, we have it. Okay, good. We're good. Fuck. I don't even know.